And we are, oh, <clears throat> excuse me, I should have cleared my throat, but we are live. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Blake Rafino. This is Are You Serious Sports. It's a double play by LSU. We will have some live LSU baseball reaction. <clears throat> excuse me. As we are going into the top of the third as LSU finishes off the second inning with the double play. We have a big show in store for you tonight. As I just mentioned, we're going to be watching the show. NFL Network's own Monday morning quarterback, uh, our good friend, Mr. Albert Breer, is going to be joining the show around 7.20, going to talk some NFL with him. Obviously, we're going to ask him a couple of LSU questions when it refers to or when it comes down to uh, uh, some of the guys that are in the draft. Did he like Jamar Chase going to the Beagles? What does he think about Joe Burrow? We're going to ask him some Saints questions uh, as well. So really looking forward to Albert Breer joining us around 720. And yes, I do have a little bit of a bruise right here. It's uh, what happens when you have children. They hit you with things in the face. They rear back and they pop you with things in the face. So we do have a good show in store for you tonight. And as always, as we do on Tuesdays and Thursdays, you can hit us with the hashtag AskBlake inside the chat. If you have a question, I know uh, after TJ Finley uh, transferred or went into the transfer portal, uh, we're probably going to continue to talk about that. Uh, as it continues to progress. But before we get started, at speak of the devil himself. Be careful. Be careful. Because what they do is, is they do this. Even during the week. You know you're not supposed to be in here during the week. Tell them, hey. <laughs> Tell them, hey. Hey, close the door on your way out. Can you close the door? Bye. Tell them, bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Love you. Love you. Spoiled rotten, man. All right, let's get to a couple comments before we pay some bills around this thing. Blake Doucette says, who? Blake Rafino? That's who. We are live. Jacob Cole says, tell me something good. Jacob, what specifically do you want me to tell you that's good, brother? What do you want me to tell you? Uh, let's see. TJ says, and we are live. Kenny says, I'm watching. Okay, Kenny. <laughs> All right. Uh, Jack says, is Coach O really going to wait till the fall to decide a starter Give Brennan a chance to find a team before fall camp. All right, we will do this. I will come back to that first uh, question uh, as soon as we pay some bills around, around here. So let's do this first. Let's, uh, as we're in the top of the 13, let's pay some bills before everything gets started. And none better than our good friends over at GM Varno and Sons. GM Varno and Sons has faithfully been serving your Denim Springs and Baton Rouge here for over 62 years. With their highly trained technicians, there's absolutely nothing that they can't do. RV repair, big rig overhauls, motorhome chassis, routine maintenance, tire rotations, tire sales. No job is too big or too small over at GM. Give them a call today at 225-664-9992. That's 225-664-9992. And tell them your good friend, Mr. Blake Rafino at AYS. Sit you on by. And our good friend, Mr. Richie Roche over at Roche's Lawn and Landscape. 225-937-7220. That's 225-937-7220. If you want the best looking yard in your neighborhood, you have to get over to Richie Roche. Give him a call today and tell him that Blake Rafino sent you by. He'll give you a 10% discount off that first cut. Again, you want the best yard in your neighborhood, you're going to give Richie Roche a call. That's 225-937-7220. And tell him Blake Rafino at AYS sent you on by. All right, let me do this. I got to close this door. Hold on. All right. As Ben Rafino so magically does all the time, he just 
He comes in here. I'm gonna have to start locking that door. I always forget. I always forget uh, that he can just open the door whenever he wants. I mean, the kid's 40 inches tall. As Alex Malazzo hits a line drive into right field, if that kid can can start to hit, watch out. They need a clean sweep versus as Trey Morgan hits a line drive into left center. That might score Malazzo. No, they're going to hold him up. So now runners will be on first and third with no outs. As Man, Trey Morgan's just been red freaking hot. Red freaking hot. All right, let's get to this question. Jack Davis says, is Coach O really going to wait till the fall to decide a starter? Give Brennan a chance uh, to find the team before fall camp starts. Look, I don't know if LSU is necessarily obligated to tell, to tell Miles anything. I know it's probably the right thing to do. Um, but maybe in their mind, they think it's a battle. I mean, look, a coach isn't going to tell a kid or a player, uh, especially when there's open competition, um, that he should transfer, that it's not his job, that it's not his place. He's not going to do that. Why should he? Because if he thinks that both – I mean, he wants as much depth at that position, the biggest position, um, as Dylan Cruz grounds to third. Oh, now we got a little – oh, no play. No play. So now base is going to be loaded with no outs. God, I for, for sure that was about to be a double play. But I don't feel that he's go, he's obligated though, right? Like, why is he obligated to tell any to tell either one of these quarterbacks? I mean, because look, he wants the most debt. Why wouldn't he? Um, again, I do think it's the right thing. Uh, Darren says Haddix is an idiot, just like most Gumps. Yeah, he was in here the other night. Uh, an Alabama fan. He was not happy about. LSU or that we cover LSU or anything like that. He actually hated it for whatever reason. I have no idea why he he was just so upset. I mean, the man just needs some some anger issues. Uh Blake Deuce, oh, that's gonna that's gonna hit um Dugas. So run's gonna score on the hit by pitch. So it's gonna be one nothing Tigers. Milazzo did hit the double. If that kid can continue to hit, it's gonna be a big deal. Look, I, LSU needs a clean sweep here. They need a clean sweep. If you can go, if you can be ten and fourteen in SEC play with what you, Alabama, uh, you have Alabama coming in uh, next week, a team that you could definitely beat. Look and get five hundred, make the postseason. You need that. You absolutely need that. No question about that. Absolutely no question about that. Tasha Thibodeau, who runs the real LSU Nation, she says, we knew this is going to happen at the quarterback position. It still makes me mad. I enjoyed uh, TJ's recruiting process. We see uh, these young men uh, as family. Yeah, you hate to see it. And you know what the crazy thing about this is, Tasha, is it's kind of like damned if you do, damned if you don't, right? Meaning you gotta you got to recruit multiple quarterbacks per class and kids are going to transfer because they're not playing. You know, I, I, I'm going to just go around the SEC. I mean, Emory Jones is a guy at Florida who waited. Um, that doesn't normally happen, though. Uh, Felipe Franks transferred to Arkansas. Um, Justin McMillan and Lowell Narcisse transferred from LSU and Joe Burrow came in. Um, Jacob Eason transferred from Georgia to Washington. I mean, it's just not... In today's society, especially at that quarterback position, it's just not a... Um, it's just not a big. It's a big. It's just not a big deal for quarterbacks to really make a a, a commitment to a school because as Doty hits a line drive, that's going to drop. That might score two, and that is. 
No, they're going to hold up. Nope. So Doty gets a hit. So now it's going to be 2 nothing Tiger with bases still loaded and no outs in the top of the third. That's just how it's going to continue to be. It's going to continue to be that way. Uh, Jacob Cole says, hashtag ask Blake, I know you want Max to start, and I agree, I agree on that. Do you think we won't have similar success regardless of who starts? Do you think we won't have – no, I don't think we will have similar success. This race feels really close. I feel like uh, it's a win either way. Maybe I'm too optimistic. I, Jacob, I feel like you're a little too optimistic. Three letters, RPO. RPO. And everybody, you know, I, I got in this debate on Twitter with people today, and I'm sure that most of you saw this. Um, but I got in this debate with most people. And what I think is interesting is, is that, oh, well, Blake, the defense has played so much better uh, when Max Johnson played, you know, was starting against Florida and Ole Miss. Guys, they gave up 82 points. They gave over uh, up to t- close to 1,200 yards of total offense. And they were just not that good. Bo Pelini, that defense had five interceptions. And it didn't matter because Ole Miss scored 48 points. It just didn't matter. It didn't matter. Max And Max found a way to win games. Really and truthfully, probably your two toughest games at the end of the schedule outside of Alabama to win. And they beat the SEC East Chance as Giacomo uh, hits a pop fly into left field. The runners are going to tag. So it's going to make it 3 nothing Tigers, and runners will be on first and second. That's a good play right there. That's a good play right there. So, no, Jacob, to, to answer your question, I don't think – I just I don't think that Matt Miles gives you the best option to win, and everybody again, you know, I don't know. I mean, I'm of the camp and the belief, and I guess I'm in the minority on this, but I don't want to see a player stats when you lose. Like, what does it matter? What does it matter? You know, Joe Burrow absolutely killed Texas A&M in 2018, but at the end of the day, we were mad because what did it really matter? Now, it wasn't on Joe, and, and everything wasn't on Miles. Not everything was on Miles. Not even close. Not even close. So, Colin Thibodeau says, Hashtag Ask Blake, need to get uh, red hot a sweep. Need to get red hot a sweep in the next three series. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Um... Darren says, telling Brendan to take a hike would be stupid. Puts LSU in a very precarious position and leaves us with Max and Nuts. Yeah, it does. As Jordan Thompson is going to ground his set, uh, short, that's going to be a double play. So now we're going to be in the bottom of the third. LSU leads 3 to nothing. They score three runs in the bottom of or the top of the third inning. Uh, but it does put you in a very precarious position. It puts you in a place that you don't want to be. You don't want a true freshman as your backup. And look, this whole thing with Miles Brennan, Again, we have yet to see Miles Brennan play an entire season, starter or not starter, not going hurt. Guys, you needed, you absolutely needed Miles Brennan against the University of Alabama in 2018 when Joe Burrow had a dislocated shoulder. You did. He was unavailable. He, he wasn't able to go for his team, and and, and you, we got bailed out. We got bailed out by Joe Burrow being an absolute uh, angel sent from heaven, the Bayou Heavens, that he went against Alabama that day. That's the God's honest truth. That's the doggone truth. All right, Albert Breer is supposed to be joining us. 
uh, in about five minutes. Really looking forward to having Albert Breer uh, on with us. Blake Doucette says, hashtag ask Blake should miles into the portal. What does LSU need to do? LSU just doesn't need to do anything. They don't need to do anything. And I forgot to mention this because I saw Aaron just, and I, Aaron, I'm going to get to your comment. LSU did just hire a, um, a president of their university. I've seen the message boards, and I'm just going to say this. If you're a racist bigot, unlike my page, don't be a racist piece of shit. God, man. People are just... Mm. They promote hate. Why are you promoting hate? Uh, but LSU does hire a president, uh, Dr. William Tate IV. Uh, very, very, very good resume. A guy that's been at South Carolina. Uh, I, I, look, he, he, pre- he pretty much in his, uh, in his press conference today said that LSU Athletics is going to be the front porch of our house. Look, we need... And basically said that we need some renovation on our house right now, and we're going to do it, and um, we're going to go that way. And so I, I like that he he's very he's very open-minded um, to athletics, and look, that's going to bode well for you and bode well for us. Um, his speech was fantastic. I thought that he was very articulate in what he wanted to do and move forward. Um, look, he's just a very highly qualified individual, very highly qualified individual. I'm glad to have him. I'm glad he's here. But again, if you're a racist bigot, if you're from the back streets or, or, or back, what do you want to call it? The backwoods of wherever. Unlike our page. Don't be a racist piece of shit. Uh, and to Aaron's point, he says, hashtag ask Blake, why are so many people in the message boards upset with the president hire? Come on. I mean, because they're ignorant. That's why. Ignorant fools. Um, Charles says, if Marco doesn't throw the ball, you mean shoe, or Ole Miss doesn't have six turnovers, do you think less of Max? But see, and, and, and you guys that listen to AYS every single night, you know what I'm about to say right here. The what-if game is not reality. What if? What if? What if? What if? What if is not the, not the case? What if it's not the case as Landon Marceau strikes out the Auburn batters, so there's going to be one out in the bottom of the third? I don't live in, I don't live in make, pretend, make pretend land. I, don't, I just don't. What are the facts? What is the reality? And no, I mean, <clears throat> it's, like, it's like saying, well, what if Joe Burrow wouldn't have thrown 60 touchdowns in 2019? Do you think he's the number one overall pick? He, well, the truth is he did. He did. He threw 60 touchdowns for the greatest uh, college football team of all time. So, Charles, I I, I don't know. I, I'm not going to. I'm just going to leave that one alone. I was about to say something, but anyway. Uh, Blaine Smith says, what's up, guys? Oh, that ball's blasted by Bliss. The Auburn batter Bliss has hit a frozen rope in the left center, and he's going to have him a stand-up double. God, what a hit. Uh, Blaine says, what's up, guys? Kids got busy with baseball. All good, brother. Colin says, because they think he was hired uh, for his skin color and not for his ability to do the job. Well, he was do- he was hired because of his ability to do the job. Don't be a racist bigot. Uh, I appreciate that, Aaron. 
Um, Tim Gray says, Blake 100, I appreciate that. But it's just the truth. It's just the truth. I mean, the dude is extremely high qualified. And look, he's the first African-American to be announced as the president of an SEC school. That's a huge accomplishment. That is an absolute huge accomplishment. And regardless if, and I just mean this with and wholeheartedly, if he's white, black, green, yellow, or purple, it doesn't matter to me. I don't care if he, you know, I don't care if he's Italian, white, you know, a Chinese American, a Japanese American. It doesn't matter to me. Can you do a good job for LSU? I don't care. Stop with the racist bigotry, man. So tired of the hate. Well, and look, you you guys know where that's coming from. It's coming from Tiger Droppings, the literal cesspool of LSU. It is the asshole of LSU athletics. It just is. All right, a couple more as Auburn's going to get a run here as they get another single. So it's going to be 3-1, uh, 3-1 Tigers. Uh, Justin says, if my aunt... Mm. Uh, Mark says, you think TJ goes to Baylor? I think that that's a strong possibility. Maybe Coach O and Aranda talk, Baylor recruiting him beforehand. I think that's a strong uh, possibility, a very, very strong uh, possibility. And look, I, I mean, he said today that multiple teams have reached out to him. I think that that's very possible, um, um, very, very possible that he did. Very possible that he did. Um, are you guys seeing something that I'm not? Am I, am I a little behind you guys? I don't think that I am. Because Darren says, Marceau needs better than this. He's off his game tonight. Yeah, and look, I, I'm on the show, and I'm watching it right here. I mean, I get that they just – he just allowed to run, but we'll see. Uh, Jacob Cole says, can't get lost in the what-ifs. What if Max Johnson started over T.J. Finley? What if Miles doesn't get hurt? What if Eric Gilbert or Marshall don't opt out? Uh, we could spend hours. What if Joe Burrow is a freshman and won the Heisman? What if he would have found a way that, you know, what if he would have been at LSU his entire career? What if Ed Orgeron wouldn't have been your head coach? What if you would have gotten Tom Herman? Do you ever win a national title? We can win the, we can play those what if games all the time. But, you know, look, that's just not what we do here. We don't play the what if game. We do not play the what if game. Who we will probably kind of play the what if game uh, with is our good friend Albert Breer, who's going to be coming up. We're going to talk some draft. Uh, uh, some quarterbacks. Hey, I heard from a little birdie. My man is a big Ohio State fan, so I got to ask him about Justin Fields as well. So we're going to go to that. Let's do this. Let's get it to a commercial break as it's the end of the third inning. LSU leads three to one, and then we're going to get over to Albert Breer. But guys, you got to go see my good friend, Mr. John Patton. Guys, if you're thinking about buying a new home, saving money on the mortgage that you have now, or even doing that cash-out refi, the timing has never been better. Get in touch with John Patton from Area Home Lending today, and if you mention this show, he will send his team out for a free appraisal. 225-663-2500. That's 225-663-2500. And if you mention this show again, he's going to send that team out for a free appraisal. And also, the number one real estate team in the North Shore, that's team.kw.com, team.kw.com. If you mention Blake Rafino, they're going to say they're going to send one of the real estate, real estate agents to you. You don't have to go to them. They're going to put you in the house that you've always dreamed for. Again, 985-467-7355. That's 985-467-7355. Tell them Blake Rafino at AYS sent you on by. All right, our good friend, Mr. Albert Breer. Senior NFL analyst correspondent from Monday Morning Quarterback Albert, I ra- I greatly appreciate you coming on the show, my friend. How are you doing tonight? I'm good. How are you doing, Blake? 
I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Look, a little birdie, as I just mentioned, told me that you're a, a huge Ohio State fan. So I got to start off here. Justin Fields was my se- and, uh, just in my opinion, my second best quarterback in this past draft. But he falls to the Chicago Bears. Why do you think in this process Justin Fields fell and, and great for Chicago? But why do you think he fell so far? In your opinion. You know what the weird thing is, Blake, is like the two quarterbacks who've been tor- torn apart the most of the five first rounders are the two guys who are the last ones standing at the end. Um, <laughs> right. Mac Jones and Justin Fields. I mean, they got ripped to shreds, both right. of them. And, you know, I, I think that there's it's not like Justin Fields game is flawless. But, you know, like I, I'd say early in the process, a couple of uh, team people sort of compared him to. Justin Herbert and I mm. thought this was an interesting comparison and just kind of the way they set the the whole thing up and it was Justin Herbert was on such a big stage for so long and we knew about him for so long and we had kind of pegged him as a top five pick for so long right that they're just like what else good could you say about him and so what do you do then you start picking him apart and I think even teams are guilty of this where you know, when you've been watching a guy for so long and he's been on your radar for so long, you start to nitpick him. Mm-hmm. Now let's compare like Justin Fields then or Trevor Lawrence to Zach Wilson. I mean, I think there are a lot of people in America who didn't know who Zach Wilson was in <laughs> right. November. You right. know what I mean? Like, and, and I'm, not, I'm not even talking about like, like casual fans, like people who follow the NFL closely. And of course, the team people knew who he was, but people who follow the NFL closely didn't know who he was. And so... You know, I do think to some degree with Justin Fields, there was a little bit of the same thing that went on with Justin Herbert, which was you're missing the forest for the trees. Right. And you're like looking at little things and missing the big picture. And sure as hell happened with Justin Herbert. You know, I I just I was guilty of it. You know, there were certain things about his game where I was like, oh, well, you know, there's this and this and this. And I'd be really careful about taking him. And um, yeah, the reality of it, reality of it with Justin Fields is, I, what are we talking about? We're talking about six bad quarters, the second half against Indiana and the game against Northwestern. And they won both those games. Right. So, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, I do feel like he was sort of became, and look, like we did that with Trevor too. People forget mm-hmm. this now, but like Trevor slumped during his sophomore year and people started picking at him. And if you remember Dabo, if I remember right, Dabo got really upset with the media because they were like, what are you guys? He was like, what are you guys watching? And it's just, I think with certain guys, it just gets to the point where, you know, you've, you've had them on this pedestal for so long that the only thing there is left to do is tear them down. Well, and I think you're so right, especially on Trevor Lawrence. I mean, look, we're, we're in the base in Louisiana, so right, LSU's a big deal here. And after that national championship game and comparing him to Joe Burrow, he goes below 50%, and they're just ripping him to shreds. And I'm like, look, if you go back and watch that game from start to finish, yes, he goes below 50%, but he doesn't have time to throw the ball. He has five drops in the first half. I mean, there was just a lot of things that were going on for Trevor Lawrence, and I agree with you. We're really just nitpicking about the small things but I think Chicago gets uh, a really good guy in Justin Fields. Uh, you mentioned you mentioned Zach Wilson in the Jets. I don't like comparing or really giving grades for drafts. I think it's kind of, you know, like we haven't really seen these guys play. But it felt like our, when I was watching the Jets draft, it was like I was screaming for them to do all of that 
when uh, Sam Darnold was there, yeah. and then all of a sudden, it's just like they do it for Zach Wilson. Are you surprised, number one, that they do it? And this is they do they have kind of a sneaky is is yeah. there are they like the sne- sneaky best draft? I I really like their draft, and I you know I, I like what I like about it more than anything. Play because there's almost like a self awareness to it, right? And that we understand where we screwed it up with Sam Darnold, and I think if you talk to enough people there, what you'll find is they're 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 like they're willing to take culpability for it like we screwed this up like we don't know what sam darnold is after three years and i've talked to people who really know who they're what they're talking about who say i can't tell what i'm looking at with sam darnold right now because the situation was so broken around him Mm -hmm. went through a coaching change after year one i think you know him and adam gase for better or worse were it was a mismatch of coach to player Um, and then they just didn't put anything around him you know Mm -hmm. and so to me like that's what i liked so much about the jets draft is there was a self-awareness to it it was we are not going to let happen to zach wilson what happened to sam Darnold. we're going to do everything in our power not to let that happen again and to get Oliveira tucker you pair him with makai beckton now i mean you may wind up with two all pro linemen to anchor your group up front to protect him you you bring in elijah moore who a lot of teams felt like was a first round pick and as an A-plus kid, um, based on conversations with every team in the league, like everybody <laughs> loved him. Mm-hmm. And so there's your guy, your slot receiver, to create easy completions. And then you pick up Michael Carter in the fourth round, who can catch the ball, ball out of the, the backfield. backfield. Right. And so you're just making things easier on your quarterback. And I just you – know, I'm a big believer. There are very few quarterbacks who can overcome their circumstances. And I think that's what's sort of unique about the Trevor class, like what Trevor – the, the the echelon um, that Trevor is on, um, that the tier that he's on, historically, like John Elway, Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck, Trevor Lawrence, like okay, like maybe there are four guys in my lifetime that it almost like wouldn't matter. You can put them in a, in, in a lot of different situations and they'd succeed. The rest of them, pretty much, are you know what's his circumstances? Who's coaching him? Who are his mm-hmm. teammates? And if you screw it up in the first four or five years for a guy, you might ruin him forever. And so that's what I really like about the Jets and their draft is there was a real focus there on making sure that the situation they're dropping their young quarterback into is conducive to him not having the weight of the world on his shoulders right, right away. Speaking of Sam Darnold, you know, look, Joe Brady is a guy that I met multiple times just covering the team and being around here. And a guy, he always talked about, now he doesn't coach quarterbacks, but he always talked about quarterback play and short, quick releases to get in rhythm and then going down the field. He did it with Joe Burrow yep. a lot. Is Sam Darnold going to be beneficial because of Joe Brady in this system? And do we really know what we have with Sam Darnold? Because like you mentioned, he was so bad and so toxic with the Jets. Could we see a meteoric rise from Sam Darnold now that he's in Carolina? It's going to be interesting to watch. Like I mentioned how the the fit wasn't great between Sam and the Jets and, and, and Adam Gase. And I think a big piece of that was like, I think people look at, you know, USC quarterbacks and because they've been, they'd been pro style for so long, think like these guys come in ready made. That's not what Sam Darnold came from. He was a multi-sport athlete in high school, not a classically trained quarterback. He's a linebacker his sophomore year. Right. No. <laughs> and, and he gets to USC and really, you know, the, 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 the offense that Clay Helton's running, it's not a pro-style offense. It was right. very simplistic and very just, like, based on tempo. And so he wasn't – like, he was asked to go out there and be an athlete. 
you know, then he gets to the pros. Um, year one goes okay. Coaching staff gets fired. And then, you know, Gase comes in, and Gase's offense was built for Peyton Manning. Right. And there was even a point there where, you know, there was even a point there where the front office went to the coaches and said, can you take the line calls off of him and give him to the center? Right. Like, seriously. Like, it's like, we're, we're overloading him. We're doing we're, – we're, we're asking him to do too much right now. And so, you know, I think the fact that Sam's going to go to a coordinator who I think is going to try to get him playing fast again is the most beneficial part of it. The well, only thing is the teammates he's got. Well, and I can I mean, tell you – oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. The whole, the whole idea of them signing Le'Veon Bell, and it didn't work, but the idea of them signing Le'Veon Bell um, in 2019 was let's give him, you know, what Todd Gurley was – for Jared Goff. Let's give him what Ezekiel Elliott was for Dak Prescott. And Sam will have that in Carolina. Christian McCaffrey's still there. I mean, so long as he comes back off the injury okay, you're going to have a guy that's going to be kind of the the nerve center of the offense, Mm -hmm. and that's going to allow Sam Darnold to just go out and play a little bit more. So... I do got to ask you some Louisiana questions because the the questions are firing into this comments, okay? I'm going to get there. Um, When we look just around the NFL, it seemed as if that this entire draft was a smaller draft class for whatever reason. Maybe kids just coming back to school. Like, for example, LSU had an entire offense and defensive line returning. Do you foresee this next upcoming class with so many kids going into the NFL, it just being – absolutely loaded with talent it should be i mean i i think on paper you say it would be although i don't know i mean how many kids are there that could have gone and been high draft picks this year didn't go not that many right like last year i know bama had a bunch back like Devonte smith and alex mm-hmm. leatherwood um ohio state had had a, had a few back like you know sean wade could have gone he went back to school um, I, like I'm just trying to think. Like there aren't a lot like of guys that where you say, okay, that guy could have gone pro and he didn't. So I don't know the top of the draft's going to be that much better. Like you have like a, I think you have a small group of players at the top, and I know people down there are obviously really familiar with Derek Stingley. I think he'll be somebody who's going to be in the upper reaches of the first round. Um, Kayvon Thibodeau at, at, at Oregon, like Evan Neal, who I, I, I'd expect is going to move over to left tackle at Alabama. Mm-hmm. But there are a few right. guys like where you can say, okay, that's the super group. But I don't think that the top of the draft is going to be any more loaded than this year, where I think you're going to see it is in depth. And that's why so many teams were so willing to move late round picks this year, because I think because there weren't as many guys in the class in general, uh, I think the way teams looked at it is those like fifth, sixth, seventh round picks. I mean, really weren't that much different than what they were going to be able to get in uh, with the undrafted free agents, right? So right. if I can move this pick because this team's coming up, like I might as well just do it like because right. it, like I'm going to be able to make up for it with the undrafted free agents. So, you know, maybe it swings back around next year and you have more depth. So I would say the difference would probably be like the, you'll just have a deeper class next year, but it won't necessarily be that the much top better than the top because I do think mm-hmm. – most of the guys who had the opportunity to go pro that were like at that level, I think most of them went just because mm-hmm. of everything that that, that, <laughs> that all the college kids had to go through this year just to get the season played. 
Yeah, I mean, three COVID tests a week and not being paid, you know, I mean, that's got to be yeah. detriment in and of itself. All right, we have we have some questions firing in about the Saints. So this is what I'm not going to do, Albert. I'm not going to rip the Pink Warner draft in the second round. I'm not going to do it. It's a need. They went and got a guy from Ohio State, Sean Payton. I don't know what it is. I think that he yeah. just says, hey, screw it. We're just going to draft somebody from Ohio State, and they plug somebody. But do you think – I mean, because – the Peyton Turner DN from Houston pick, just to me, I, I, I understand the pick. I really do. I don't understand the player so much. I know that he was a, he had a kind of a rise there at the end, yeah. but there were so many needs that they needed. A corner. I get that there was corners that came off the board early. But why him at there? If, if, yeah, I, I just, it, just, it bumfuzzles me. I'll say, I'll say this. Like, I, I do think, um, you know, the Saints – they they don't they don't really go on people's valuations to begin <laughs> no, with. They and, don't. They, and, and they have and they have reason to they have reason to believe in what they do. I mean, I, I think last year's draft, um, you know, when they I mean obviously it takes Caesar Ruiz where they took him, but to move up so aggressively for, for Zach Bond and to move up aggressively for right. Troutman and like like what they did, I think like last year to me was such a great window into the way that they operate and that like that like we know exactly what we want. And like we don't care what it costs to go and get them, we're not building margin for error because we think we're right. You know what I mean? Like where other teams build margin for error because everybody gets them wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think like the one thing that's sort of interesting about Peyton Turner, and I, I'll be honest with you, like I was surprised to see him go in the first round. Me too. <laughs> I think it's that position this year, though. Like that's what that was. Those edge positions this year, like you didn't have. First of all, there wasn't like a Chase Young or a Jadevian Clowney or a, uh, you know, or a, 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 a like a, like, and why am I at this, at this point? My Miles Garrett at the top of the draft. There right. wasn't one of those guys. <laughs> and even past that, there weren't, it was more like, okay, this guy's an athletic freak. Let's see what he can do. Mm-hmm. So that was Jason Owe. That was, um, that was uh, Jalen Phillips. That was Greg Rousseau. That was to some degree Kawiti Pay, who's a little more um, developed. That was Aziz Oshilari, who's a little more developed, but still has some rawness to him. And so I think that was sort of the nature of those edge positions this year was like, all right, like this guy has the physical profile of what we would look for in the position, but the production isn't quite there yet. So we're projecting. So I can see where the Saints would say, we have him with these other guys anyway. And we're probably not going to get him at our next pick. So let's just bite the bullet, take him here, because we believe that he's as good as, you know, again, like a Jalen Phillips or a Kawiti Pay or a Greg Rousseau or a Jason Away. Yeah, and I, and I honestly thought that they would go Elijah Moore, Kadarius Toney at that at that 28 slot if they stayed there, or maybe even a Terrace Marshall because, look, when Mike Thomas went down, you didn't have a lot of weapons outside yeah. of Alvin Kamara. That's why I was just wondering. It, it was a head-scratcher. Now, two more questions I'll get you out of here. A lot of people are wondering about Drew Brees now that Jameis Winston is going to be in here, and I'm not going to bore you by reading all this from Brian Viator, just a novel. But basically from an LSU – I mean LSU, a, a Saints level, we kind of now look at it as, well, the Saints have done this multiple times, with whether it be with Teddy Bridgewater, Taysom Hill, even one game with Jameis Winston. Regardless of Drew being there, they've won. 
So now that Jameis is going to be probably the full-time starter, do you think that it's going to bode well for the Saints, or are we going to see the Saints in the top of the draft next year doing everything they can to get one of these quarterbacks? I mean, I don't think they'll be at the top of the draft because I don't think they're going to be that bad. Um, you know, so I mean, and look, like they made a they made a play at a huge move up this year. You know, and uh, you know, I, I know Sean said it the other day that was my understanding before the draft too that it was J.C. Horn one, Patrick Sertan two, and that they talked to every team between four and fifteen about a move up. So they're not afraid to do that sort of thing. Um, now, I mean, they didn't make the move up because they weren't willing to put a third first round pick on the table. So that was sort of that. Um, but I think they've shown the willingness to make aggressive moves if they need to fill the position. Um, I, you know, I talked to Sean about this a few weeks ago, and I really do think, like, he thinks both these guys have a chance. And whether it works or not, we'll see. But I think he's got every reason to believe that, like, he can get more out of a quarterback than the average coach can. Right. And it's really easy to forget now, after everything that Drew Brees has accomplished, where he was when they picked him up off the scrap heap. Mm -hmm. I mean, the Chargers had given up on him like three separate times. <laughs> right. I mean, it wasn't just after the shoulder injury. They benched him before for Doug Flutie in like 2002, I believe. They drafted Phillip Rivers mm -hmm. um, while he was still on the roster. And Drew showed a lot of fight, you know, through all of that. But I don't know that anybody thought like Drew was going to become what he became. Right. And like Jameis's history isn't like Jameis's history isn't super different than that but like the one thing that gives me pause about Jameis is the propensity for turning the ball over goes all the way back to Florida State and that's the one thing I wonder can you coach that out of a guy because a mm -hmm. lot of people think a lot of a lot of coaches and scouts believe that you either do or you don't so that's going to be the interesting part to me like whether or not they can manage that um I mean, like, look, like if anybody can get out of Jameis, I think it's Sean. He's got a good team around him. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not like this is broken. He's going to be throwing to right. Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas. He's got one of the best lines in football in front of him. And the defense still has a boatload of talent despite some of the guys they lost. So, you know, the way I look at it is they've created a really good situation to drop a young quarterback into. Mm -hmm. And at worst, I think because of the ability Sean Payton has to coach. Maybe Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill can be your equivalent to what Alex Smith was in Kansas City for Andy Reid, where he buys you time until you find somebody out there that you really think is worth selling out to go up and get. And look, it, what's even crazier about Jameis is that is a laser eye—I forget what it's called—the oh, LASIK, LASIK surgery. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like you not him not even knowing that for five years or four years at Tampa, and then has it here. I mean that that was a crazy story to me. All right, one more. I agree, really appreciate you joining us, Albert Breer, uh, senior NFL analyst, uh, joins us. Jamar Chase. Okay, it was it, it was a big debate. I felt like was he going to go five. Was, where, was the Bengals going to take Panay Sewell? Look, as a former collegiate yeah. offensive lineman, and I got riffed for this being an LSU guy, okay, I thought they should go O-line, but I like the Jamar Chase pick. I think Jamar Chase, I've seen him up yeah. and close. It's a great pick. Were you shocked when they went wide receiver versus O-line there? No, I, I actually <laughs> expected it. And, yeah. and, and I, I do think for the Bengals, like a big part of it was looking at the first two first two days of the draft is like a mosaic mm -hmm. and it was how can we get a special player at the top like a difference maker at the top and still take care of all of our needs within the first couple of rounds <clears throat> so what that boiled down to was 
are we better off taking Panay Sewell at five and then rolling back in the second or third round and getting a receiver somewhere there or the other way around, taking mm-hmm. Chase at five and coming back around and taking a receiver um, in the second or third round? I think the way that they viewed it, they thought that Jamar Chase was, I mean, like I said, like if if you could rank the top five receiver prospects of the last 10 years, it's not quite Kyle Pitts because Kyle Pitts would be number one of the last 10 years at his position. Right. But <laughs> so if you list the top five at his position over the last 10 years, Jamar Chase would probably be on the list. Wow. On top of that, I mean, Joe really put in a good recommendation for him. And you can call it what you want, stumping for him, recommending him, whatever you want to call it. Joe Burrow really helped Jamar Chase in this process. And one of the things that really stuck out, I know he said this to Zach Taylor and Brian Callahan and the coaching staff there. He said, whenever I went to do something extra, Jamar Chase was there doing something extra with He was. Me. Mm-hmm. And that was a huge thing when you were talking about one kid in Chase versus another in Panay Sewell who had some immaturity questions, mm-hmm. who you know maybe wasn't quite the offensive line prospect that Chase was the receiver prospect. And on top of that, the, the Bengals also sent their offensive line coach, Frank Pollock, out to a ton of the pro days for the second and third round offensive linemen. I mean, to the point where, like, other teams noticed it and picked up on it. And so, you know, I think that they view it as, like, we wanted to get, we wanted to get Joe as much help in front of him as we could. But, we, we, but at the same time, we wanted to make sure that we got like somebody that we felt like was a true difference maker at five. And they felt like Chase had a better chance to be a true difference maker at five than Sewell would have. And they felt comfortable with what they had come away with on day two. And they wind up with Jackson Carmen, who's going to play guard for them, who's left tackle at Clemson, two-year starter in front of Trevor Lawrence. And they, you throw him in with their group now. You got Jonah Williams from Alabama a couple of years ago, Riley former top Reef. 10 pick. Uh, Riley Reef, who they picked up from mm-hmm. – from Minnesota and so I think it was just more than anything else it was like it wasn't looking at one player versus the other strictly though that was part of it it was also looking at how are we going to come away from the draft in general with the strongest situation to put Joe Burrow in well I'm just going to throw this out there I mean Joe was doing some secret things behind the scenes uh to the coon asses of Louisiana saying go to Twitter and say Jamar Chase to the Bengals. So they were going crazy. I don't know. I'm not saying it helped, but it always will. You, you never know. You never know. Albert, you being fantastic, man, as always. I greatly appreciate you joining the show. Everybody knows who you are and where you're at. But just in case, tell everybody where they can find all the stuff and all the great stuff that you guys are doing. Yeah, we're obviously at the MMQB.com, SI.com. Um, we've got a lot of great NFL content up there year-round, so be sure to check us out, subscribe. You can check out my podcast, The Albert Breer Show. And if you want to get to me on social, at Albert Breer on Twitter, at Albert R. Breer on Facebook, and at Albert underscore Breer on Instagram. Well, I greatly appreciate it, and I promise you the next time you come on, we'll talk some Ohio State. How about that? We're a big college football <laughs> podcast. We're going to talk some Ohio State, and I'm looking forward to it. Albert, as always, thank you, my friend. Have a good night. Awesome. Thanks, Blake. All right, that is Albert Breer from Monday Morning Quarterback. Always fantastic, man. The dude is just a wealth of knowledge. He's so great at what he does. Guys, you've got to go catch his content. I catch it all, literally as much as I can, and I greatly appreciate our good friend, Eric, for hooking us up. Uh, so, guys, I, and I always watch him on the NFL Network. I saw that Trey Morgan went down. I did see that Trey Morgan went down, but it looks like he's okay. So he's going to be on second one out. LSU still leading three to one. 
Uh, guys, go do me a favor and follow. If you're on Twitter, go follow Albert on Twitter and tell him how much you liked him coming on the show. I greatly appreciate uh, you guys doing that because he was fantastic. All right, let's do this. Let's take a quick break, and then we'll be right back, and we'll continue to cover, and then we'll probably call it a night in just a minute. But, guys, you got to go see my good friends over at the Drake Law Firm. Personal injury, criminal defense, real estate, and successions. There's absolutely nothing that they cannot do for you today. Go see the Drake Law Firm down in downtown Ponchatoula today. In any of your needs, they will be able to equip you. Go see them today over at the Drake Law Firm. Tell them Blake Rafino sent you by. They will put you on the top of the line because we're just, they treat me like they will treat you just like family. Again, go over to the Drake Law Firm today for any personal injury, criminal defense, real estate, and successions so they can be your lifelong attorneys. All right. Hopefully, do guys can um, can really make something here. Craig Schilling says Albert is like a mini Mike D. Knows a ton. Give him a question. He's going to talk for twenty minutes. Do and, and look as a host, Craig. As a host, <laughs> that's fantastic for me. <laughs> that's fantastic. And look, I, there's nothing he said that I disagreed with. And so, <laughs> also as a host, when you have a guy that you gr- agree with one hundred percent and kind of expands on that and makes your mind go in a different direction that maybe you weren't thinking about that's all that always makes um always makes things great uh bandindo beam says blake you think peyton doesn't draft lsu guys because new orleans is close to baton rouge and he's afraid of distractions or something that could be a part of it i mean look like the Bengals don't draft a lot of ohio state guys Cleveland doesn't historically draft a lot of Ohio State guys. Pittsburgh Steelers don't draft a lot of Penn State guys. I think that there's a lot to be said for that. Um, and, and that's a good point. Oh, as Gavin Dugas gets hit, he's going to be going down the first. So runs will be on first and second. I think that that's a good point. And I don't – and look, I do – again, I, I like Sean Payton a lot, but I do think that he's petty enough um, – you know, like with the thing with Ryan Nielsen trying to be the new DC of LSU and stuff like that. Yeah, so I, I fully believe that. Uh, Gino Vegas says the locker room was took packed was too packed. Honestly, everyone says Brennan will transfer too. He can't afford that. It's do or die. Well, Gino, he can't afford that, and that's probably what's going to happen. Um, with that being said, though, however. With that being said, though, I mean, look, he, you know, I, there always is a chance that he can win the job, um, but I just don't see um, him winning the job. He does not give you the best chance to win. He just doesn't. He just absolutely doesn't. All right, guys. Well, you know what? We're going to call it a night. Let's go watch some of the rest of this LSU baseball game. We will see you Saturday morning. Y'all have a good night. <laughs>